I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Behind the Numbers. The very latest polling data every Monday on Inside Sources. March to the midterms. We are continuing our march to the midterms, and we don't just look at the headlines, and we don't just look at the top-line numbers, especially when it comes to polling. We want to know what's underneath that and what that means and how different politicians and political parties might use that uh, to their advantage coming down the home stretch. And uh, we're thrilled to have joining us once again on the program Carly Cooperman, who is the founder and CEO of Schoen Cooperman Research, a political consulting firm. Uh, and they get it in a really unique way. And, uh, Carly, I, I looked at the... Uh, a uh, piece in The Hill from uh, your partner, Doug Schoen, and, of course, Zoe Young, a, another uh, one of your teammates there at Carly Cooperman. Uh, and uh, looking at the the messaging coming down the home stretch, of course, everyone says it's the economy, it's the economy, and that's what Republicans want. Uh, your firm is actually making the case that there are reasons for the Democrats to shift the conversation to the economy. Tell us about what's under the numbers. Yeah, absolutely. Um, thanks for having me back. So what we're seeing is that in recent polling, we've seen that support for the Democrats is eroding nationally in the final stretch of the midterms. Back in September, just a month ago, um, Democrats had a one-point lead in the generic ballot when we asked voters if they would rather vote for a Democrat or a Republican for Congress, generically. Um, and this has now swung to a three-point lead for the Republicans. And Further, we're seeing that Democrats have lost key voter groups that they have been courting. They've lost nine points with independents. They've lost 13 points with women. And they've lost 32 points with independent women, according to a recent New York Times poll. And, and what's happening is that over the summer, after the Supreme Court ruling in Dobbs versus Jackson, Democrats made a conscious decision to make their messaging about abortion to galvanize their base and also hopefully overcome what was otherwise a bad political climate for them. And this did help, and we saw improvement in the polls for Democrats in August and in September. But that being said, with inflation continuing to be the way that it is, um, the, the agenda really has gone back to the Republicans' favor, and Republicans are widely more trusted to manage the economy. So what we're seeing now is that a majority of voters are citing economic issues, either the economy generally or rising prices specifically, mm -hmm. as the main problem facing um, the country, while just 5% are saying abortion. And we're seeing these trends happen with women and independent voters as well. So while the Democrats' messaging focused on abortion helped them over the summer, it's now becoming a little bit of a problem because Republicans, their ads and their messaging are all economic-focused. Um, and we're seeing this especially in swing states and swing districts, whereas Democrats, on the other hand, aren't really talking about it enough or at all. Mm -hmm. And so 
our argument is that Democrats really need to start talking about it, too. Yeah, and I, I think that's so interesting because most people say, oh, no, the Democrats should just stay away of that, stay away from that. Uh, and, and yet there, I think there is a message in there for the Democrats. We actually uh, have seen uh, – you, you mentioned those swing states, uh, Wisconsin – you, you've had uh, a battle there, which really has been one candidate going after the abortion issue and and then Ron Johnson, the incumbent Republican, uh, talking about the economics. Uh, and the thing that's gets really interesting to me, and we actually saw the president uh, kind of trotting this out over the weekend, and that is to really zero in on this cost of living as opposed to just inflation or gas prices, uh, cost of living. Tell me how they're going about that or what is the strategy they ought to be looking at that might uh, persuade voters? Well, look, at, at a minimum, the Democrats need to at least try to put Republicans on the defense, right? We, we haven't necessarily heard Republicans articulate a plan of their own to bring right. down cost of living for Americans. Yeah. But the problem is Democrats aren't even – trying to own that narrative because the Republicans are attacking Democrats for it and the Democrats haven't been saying enough back. So as a starting point, you know, they at least need to, to, to make that point that it's not like Republicans are making a plan or putting forward a plan of their own um, to do that. And look, no matter what, voters are going to hold the president and the party in power responsible for the economy. Um, but, but, you know, to not talk about it at all is doing more of a service. Yeah, and I think that becomes an interesting thing of the uh, – we know what the Republicans are against, which is the administration and uh, the party in power. Uh, but to, to your point, they really have not put forward a strategic plan in terms of here's what we're going to do. Uh, and then talk to me for just a second about the the balancing act there. Um, I'm not sure the president always gets this. I think there are a lot in his party who could in balancing that cost of living and the economy – president today coming out saying, you know, how strong the economy is. And, and it just sort of felt a little disconnected or uh, yeah. dissonant to what the average American is actually feeling around the dinner table. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you, because what, what happened is, you know, the president wants to point out, look, unemployment is really low. And there are a lot of metrics that do point to the strength of the economy. But there's a disconnect between what voters feel when with, you know, quite frankly, the impact of inflation where their paychecks aren't going as far as they used to and hearing about unemployment being low, it doesn't make them feel better at the end of the day. And so it is a messaging problem that the president is facing. Yeah. And is there anything else you read into those numbers? You rattle off those numbers in terms of where the Democrats have lost ground. And, and those are even surprising to me that uh, they're down nine points with independence. Uh, 13 mm-hmm. with independent women. Uh, are there other things beyond the economy that are impacting that? Or is it a messaging issue? Where where does that seem to be? What well, seems to be driving that? I think that we were seeing in the summer and going into the fall um, issues where, where Democrats are strong, abortion, mm-hmm. guns. You know, there were a lot of shootings that took place um, earlier in the year and into the summer. Um, those are in climate change as well. Those are issues that Democrats lead on and where voters trust Democrats more. But I think that now heading into the fall, the importance of those issues to voters, not that they're not important. It's just that at the end of the day, things like the economy and to lesser extent immigration and crime, these, these issues feel more important. And therefore, we're seeing a swing back among these voter groups who had swung towards the Democrats earlier in the year. Yeah. And then final question for you, Carly. Um, what, what's a number that you're watching down the stretch that maybe we're not talking about that uh, you think could be a, a high impact in terms of that control of Congress? 
Um, I'm watching the measure of enthusiasm that we see from voters on both sides of the aisle. So for a long time in the beginning of the year into the spring and summer, there was a lot of talk about how Republicans are so much more enthusiastic about midterms um, compared to the Democrats. Um, poll and poll would show a really large gap. And then we saw at the end of the summer going into the fall that that gap was narrowing and continues to be narrower than it was. The Democrats are closing that gap. Uh, we do still see Republicans having that gap, and I think that speaks volumes because at the end of the day, their you know, turnout is, is so important. Um, it's not necessarily that Democratic voters are going to all go and vote Republican. It's just a matter of having them vote rather than stay at home. Yeah, that stay at home is uh, often the most uh, painful one to watch in a political campaign. Carly Cooperman's founder and CEO of Schoen Cooperman Research, political consulting firm that we always look to and trust because they don't only deliver on the top line. They give you the deeper analysis into what's underneath it. Carly, thanks so much for joining us. We look forward to chatting with you as we uh, march our way towards the midterms 15 days to go. Thanks so much. Look forward to it, too. All right. Uh, we'll step aside for a quick commercial break. When we come back, we'll stay on the political side. House Democrats in swing districts are fighting a little bit of a tug-of-war amongst themselves. From the center to the far left, do the moderates have what it takes to win these endangered swing district seats? Stay with us. We'll break it down coming up next. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.